There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Was there any fraud in your Senate race? Uh, the risk of bragging, it wasn't very close. <laughs> <laughs> there will be a smooth transition to a second Trump administration. Uh, Ken, what have you learned, sir? Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. Uh, think we lost. think we lost Ken for a second. We'll try to get him back there. Uh, I don't know, man. It seems like you had Ken for a second. <laughs> Holy jeez. We got to get Phoebe back in the the uh, show soon to talk about this kind of stuff. That was tough. Tough. Ken Delary. Is it Delarian? What's his name? Ken, I think so, Ken, yeah. Ken, that sounds Ken, right. Ken, 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 Ken. Ken Delanian of NBC. Yes, they went to him during a live shot. And um, he wasn't. So I don't know what happened, but the host goes to him. Ken is there looking at the camera, so he knows he's going to be on in a second. Then something happens. Either somebody shouted in his ear, I assume, or um, he felt like he the audio maybe dropped in his ear. Or um, or the worst of all possibilities is he utterly panicked as a question was coming down, <laughs> and his mind drew a blank, and he was not ready. And that is very possible. This is Ken Delaney and has some new reporting on something that we talked about at the top of the hour, how the Trump administration is handling the transition with the incoming Biden team, or not handling it, we should say, to a certain extent. This time, it involves our intelligence community. Uh, Ken, what have you learned, sir? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think... Um... Okay. Uh, think we lost. Think we lost Ken for a second. We'll try to get him back there. Okay. Uh, okay. You know, and it's, it's obviously <laughs> like you know, you can see this guy, the anchor on TV, and he's doing probably with his pinky gesturing to the producer, saying, 
tell me what the heck is going on here. You know, you're right now. Because I believe I just heard somebody <laughs> use two expletives and uh, help me. NBC's Kim Delanian has some new reporting on something that we talked about at the top of the hour. How the Trump administration is handling the transition with the incoming Biden team or not handling it, we should say, to a certain extent this time. At this point, Ken is looking at the camera. He is ready. He's ready for this to come to him. It involves our intelligence community. Uh, Ken, what have you learned, sir? Oh, shit. F <laughs> okay. Ooh, uh, I think we lost. think we lost Ken for a second. We'll try to get him back there. <laughs> uh, I do love how, for a moment, after he says... They still stick with him for a second, like hoping against hope that somehow he's got something so good to say. This hit, the Candelanian hit, is going to be one for the ages. So even though he started off way below zero with two expletives that could cost him some money, that he's going to pull them out of that. But uh, that was it. The host uh, reeled him back in. I like to think that this is kind of like uh, you trying to get the audio up with Rod Dreher yesterday. That you know, this is one of mm. these like Zoom meeting, Google meets screw ups that he you know lost audio like you were saying or something and like couldn't hear and thought they weren't on and you know like they said about Jeffrey Tubin. These are the times we're living in together. You know, well, so. this is not Tubin was. <laughs> Fully comfortable. No, I'm kidding. Obviously, it was way with too Tubin. comfortable with the with the <laughs> situation. Never he do was that in front of that. a webcam. Never, never. never. Uh, but, um, but he was loving that. Right. So, but, so Tubin bad, but you know, like it, I've known you on occasion. You didn't do it with Rod yesterday, but to lose your temper when technology occasionally doesn't go your way, and you know, a lot of the interviews and stuff are happening like over people's personal computers and stuff, and technology can screw up. So if he lost audio or whatever happened to him there that he said that and didn't realize they could still hear him like i i could see if you were on a big interview on mm -hmm. tv and your audio dropped out right as they asked you a question i could see that happening to you for sure a hundred percent no not if there was any chance at all that that i could be heard there's no way if i if somebody if there was a chance that i was live <laughs> that i could be heard no way no way you would just never do it you would never never do it i mean I don't know. I mean, you know, the Tubin's a different story. I've but, known you to lose your temper. But, I know, so. but I but there's a difference between losing your temper and then pulling a pistol out of the desk and shooting yourself in the skull. <laughs> and that I would I would not have done. I mean, I as, as a, yeah. a radio producer, maybe because you're more like radio savvy than most, so you you know that the mic could always be on in front of you or something. Well, it's not but, it's not that it's like you call that savvy. It's just like I've seen too many dead bodies around the station, and I'm not going to be. I'm not running into the into the <laughs> green field saying, "Wow, everything is perfect here, and there are no threats." And then suddenly I step on a claymore and psh, get exploded. No, to, I assume that I'm going to get screwed. So, and anybody who's been done anything. So, what knows. do you think, happened? Why do you think Candelanian? Mm -hmm. I think there's a chance that he panicked and blanked out. And um, I mean, like as far as like a panic goes, like I have panicked in public before. You do you know you must know. You know I tried out for uh, Goodwill Hunting. In mm -hmm. uh, it was a walk on. It's a walk on. It was a walk on, and um, and uh, my part was going to be Ben Affleck's brother part. That's what we were all going for to be the dudes in a car car oh, okay. on the way to the to uh, McDonald's, and 
And, and I've panicked a couple times. Like I panicked as I learned to scuba dive. I panicked and I almost killed everybody in our scuba <laughs> dive training group. It's a long story. Anyway, but with the thing, uh, with the Affleck thing, and it's not as if it's, oh, we're bringing Tom Shattuck for a read. There was, there was <laughs> 300 dudes there coming in. The Hollywood guys were there. At this time, nobody knew who Affleck or Damon were. So if they were there, we wouldn't have known. But this is in, in Southie. They had these auditions. And... Um, and the only thing that was on, like, the one the sheet about what was happening that day was that Robin Williams was going to be in this movie. So that was mm-hmm. it. But other than that, nobody knew anybody else. Um, so you're supposed to read – and, of course, I threw out the script because why wouldn't I throw out the script? <laughs> so the, the idea is that you were going to read the part. They were going to say, uh, hey, what's good McDonald's? And, and my my part was going to be Aff- with the part that Casey Affleck got. Like, why do we got to make a McDonald's? I hate going to McDonald's because that B in the place is a jerk to me constantly. I'm not going there. But I'm like – I'm reading it and I'm in line and I'm like, yeah, this is, I, 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 I got this. And then I notice as I'm in the chump, I'm in the chump line, you know, mm-hmm. of just normal walk on people. I notice there's a uh, uh, SAG, Screen Actors Guild line to my left. And I snuck into the Screen Actors Guild line. And somebody said like, oh, you, you're with the guild? You're all, and I'm like, oh yeah, totally. I'm like, man, this is going to be great <laughs> explaining this when I'm on like the Tonight Show in a month for being, or whenever the movie comes out. <laughs> Having rocketed to a new career, this is going to be a great story. So I, so they were filming all this stuff and playing back stuff, etc. And it was in it, there was big lights and there was all sorts of. It was a the the bath. It was a huge room and everybody's watching. And I remember watching some people like go way over like uh, over the top. Like we're not going to McDonald's. F that. Please, please. And they were like ad libbing, and the and the directors mm-hmm. wanted that. They didn't want you to just stick to the script or whatever. And so they were like into it. And but I was like so judgy. I was like, as I'm waiting in line for my. Well, you know, probably their Boston accents weren't good either. Well, very possibly. And so and I'm like, that guy sucked. And this other person's like like wimpy and like, man, this these guys suck. I'm gonna. This is obviously going. <laughs> uh, I also tried for Goodwill Hunting, by the way. Did, no, no, um, a Bronx Tale. Oh. Did you know about that? No, I knew about Goodwill Hunting, but not the Bronx. I was racially discriminated against trying out for the Bronx Tale. No. Yeah, the guy said is like, uh, so uh, Tom, do you think that um, that playing <laughs> Bobby Saccariccio from the Bronx in the '60s is something that that <laughs> you physically, you know, it, it, you know, look like to people? You think that you're <laughs> Do you look like an Italian, you know, second generation Italian young man, up and comer necessarily? And, and they essentially said, "You can try out. Feel free, Tom. You can try we out. We don't discriminate." Right. They also said that you'd have equal chance if you just leave, because either way, <laughs> this is not it's not happening. So, not equal chance to other people trying out. It's an equal right. opportunity to the people that didn't yes. come in that day. Yes, they told me my chances would not depend at all on the competition. <laughs> You know, they said it doesn't. It doesn't matter. So anyway, so I go up there and my and I go and they go. Okay, I want to go to McDonald's. Some guy plays Affleck. Says, okay, I want to go to McDonald's. And I'm like, oh, I want to. McDonald's is not because the girl and she's mean to me and I have that and I'm like reading out of order and I'm not even reading and I'm creating words and it was terrible for like 15 seconds and they're like um and these are like Hollywood guys and they 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 you know I think that probably most of them are like cold snaky kind of guys and they're like. Oh, um, <laughs> as the whole place is silent now, you know, people have been in the business for for years. Who had been through like the 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 McCarthy like Red Scare, who had seen, you know, uh, 
horrific things happen, who had lived through earthquakes in California, et cetera, were like, this was one of the most jarring things they had ever seen. <laughs> I was so terrible and afraid that they're like, why don't you just give it a, a, another try, Tom? And like, people are sobbing and stuff. I'm like, so I do it again, and I <laughs> F up just as badly, and stuff is said out of order, and I'm like, oh, Jesus. And they're like, okay, great. Um, So we have all your information, right, Tom? And I'm like already in tears, and they're in tears, and like they're like, let's just... Let's just play these closing salutations, Tom, and we'll both we'll all get on with our lives. A lot of us are going to leave the business, um, and you can go home and probably, I assume, hang yourself, Tom. And and we'll pretend this day never happened because this is the darkest day that we have ever had in the history of this country. So thank. You. So anyway, so uh, that was one of those times that uh, I've been there. I've been there, Candelania. This is Candelania has some new reporting on something that we talked about at the top of the hour, how the Trump administration is handling the transition with the incoming Biden team, or not handling it, we should say, to a certain extent. This time, it involves our intelligence community. Uh, Ken, what have you learned, sir? Oh, shit. F- <laughs> Ken. I know, man. Okay. Uh, I think we lost. Think we lost Ken for a second. We'll try to get him back there. You know, we gotta uh, get what well, you get. We get it, that we played a long time ago. Was that um, baseball announcer saying it's like one of the big baseball announcer? What does he say? He says a. a Didn't he say the um, oh, Baseler yes, yes. capital Brennan, of the country Brennan, or whatever? <laughs> yeah, this they're is, coming in have... from commercial, and he's uh, and he's shooting the breeze with a guy next to him, or, or down the line with his producer, probably. You know, some you say stuff. The capitals of the world. Reds Live, the pregame show presented by Ray St. Clair Roofing. Well, little did you know you were live seconds earlier. Yeah. And now um, he's uh, he's uh, unemployed. Oh, man. <laughs> Jesus, oh, man, that's terrible. right. Oh, Brenneman. Oh, I got to get that again because then he's forced to go back on the air. Oh, and, and apologize, right. Well, And call the game because he knows he's in deep kimchi. He knows it's over, but he's, he's still got to, like, call the game and finish the oh. – the game while it's happening, while he apologizes. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. As Holland takes over on the mound, uh, I made a comment earlier tonight that uh, I guess uh, went out over the year that I am deeply ashamed of. Jesus. Uh, if I have hurt anyone out there, I can't tell you how much I say from the bottom of my heart. I'm so very, very sorry. But I ask you to remember, at least it's not the South Boston tryouts for Goodwill Hunting from 1997. <laughs> remember that. Focus on that. I pride myself and think of myself as a a man of faith. As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, oh. it will be a home run. And so that'll make it a 4 nothing ball game. This is a deceased man <laughs> whose muscle reflex is uh, allowing him to continue doing what he was trained to do. Which is even call though, a baseball yes, game. Yes, even though they are putting a toe tag on him right now and feeding him <laughs> into a body bag. It is um, one of the most painful apology situations I've ever <sighs> witnessed in my life. Um, because he's having to do it in that context. It's it's pretty bad. Like with the, the game stuff in between the words of the apology. I am deeply sorry. And look at that. And he's on first. And now, well, no, like, but the thing is that the guy, really also, the guy got a home run, a huge hit <laughs> in the middle of it's his like, apology. So the guy gets the most spectacular hit right then. 
You know, he couldn't have taken a few pitches, couldn't have gotten hit by a pitch, couldn't have, he had to do the thing that requires the most positive emotion from Brennanman. <sighs> oh, man. Everybody, that is a bad one. Um, all right. So, but we have somebody else in our audio files here who uh, had to issue an apology today for uh, something she said on air. Uh, it, that's Alice, excellent to seg you. That leaves me exactly to where, where I want to be. This is my friend. My friend. Tom, stop. <laughs> Don't be one of those guys. <sighs> okay. This is uh, Ari Melber talking to Eva Longoria. You may remember her from uh, Desperate Housewives, which I got into in the first two episodes, by the way. Uh, and um, a couple things. So this is actually, you know what, Alice? This is the focus is on media. And this is important. Remember this theme, Alice, because we're going to have to in the okay. show notes. And when we, when we even title this episode, we're going to need to know this. What, anything going on? No. I'm just pulling up my apology by okay. Eva Longoria. So, but let's see if we can see what she needs to apologize for here, because this was a highly uh, offensive thing she said on air. Uh, hold here. on, Alice, before Excuse you're me. getting ahead of yourself. Okay. Give me a second here. Okay. But this is going She's to talking be... talking to Ari Melba. Okay, look. All right. All right. I'm going to handle this just for a second. <laughs> I'm just going to handle it for a second. Alice. Who's running this joint Jeez. anyway? <laughs> I appreciate it, but hold on. Give me okay. one second. All right. This is um, uh, Ari Melba and Eva Longoria. This is, remember, the, the focus is on media. Okay, media. Media. Remember, this is media. This is the focus right now. We're going to get to Eva in a second, in her own hot water, which was your good segue. Okay, sorry. I screwed right. it up. No, no, no. You sorry. just, you know... Uh, <laughs> I don't know what a good saying to use um, that that wouldn't get us absolutely driven out of polite society. But there is there used to be a saying about uh, I, don't, I don't know we'll talk we'll talk about it. But that was a good segue. But I'm diverting now, so <laughs> since you don't know what's about to happen, you don't have to guess. All right, here we go. This is uh, Ari Milber uh, as talking to Eva Longoria. Everyone got that on Tuesday night at 9 p.m. What you just walked mm -hmm. us through, the huge margins I walked through in the last segment, uh, the power of young voters, and particularly a diverse coalition, and, and really people of color, but specifically women of color, putting Joe Biden over yeah. the top and what that means. If that all yeah. just exploded along with, you know, a, a clear electoral vote margin a, a Tuesday night, that might have sunk in. Instead, we had a lot of other stuff between then and now that doesn't really matter. And so I, I wonder what you think about that, because going forward, yeah. this is also about power. And does the Democratic Party understand why it's back in power? All right, Alice, what jumps out at you about that? It's OK. You don't have to. There's no right answer, no wrong answer. But I'm going to ask you to grab your phone. Mm -hmm. No, really grab it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Grab your phone. Do you have an application that um that that uh, that counts time like a stopwatch kind of application? Um. Yes, I do. So you can time me. So if I ran downstairs to make a drink, you could time it. Yes. I'm not going to do it. Don't. Okay. Yeah, your drink panic. is pretty full, but. Okay. So, Alice, what <laughs> okay. should jump out at you about this particular cut from Ari Mulber? Okay. Can you hit start when I tell you? Okay, I can hit start when you tell me. On the count of three, you're going to hit start. Ready? Okay. One, two, three. Everyone got that on Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Where are we so far? What you just walked mm -hmm. us through. The huge margins I walked through in the Keep last segment. Uh, the power of young voters and particularly a diverse coalition. And, and really people of 11, color, but specifically women of 12, color, putting Joe Biden 13, over the yes, top and what 14, that means. 15, if that all yes, just 16, exploded along with, 17, you know, a, a 18, clear electoral vote margin 19, a, a Tuesday night. 20. 
that might have sunk in. Instead, we had a lot of other stuff between then and now that doesn't really matter. And so I I wonder what you think about that, because going forward, this is also about power. And does the Democratic Party understand why it's back in power? Jesus Christ, Ari! 34 questions for 34 34 seconds seconds for one question? What the (laughs) hell was that? And I am notorious for not being able to walking on to a question that I can't finish up and zip out of and walking into this pier that never ends. And like, I can't I can't finish this question. So all I have is words now. And the interviews are going to be over soon. But I can't stop asking the question because I can't get my way out of it. And I'm starting to panic. And what I do, and you can even hear it in the Rod Dreher interview yesterday. Eventually, I say so many words and I have so much stuff that I can't wind into the question that I'll just stop talking. Then they pick up the scraps of what I've said. <laughs> Paste it all together to make their own question as best they can glean from all of this <laughs> rambling stuff I said, and then answer that. But that was Ari Mel- Melber with a 34-second long question. That goes uh, – obviously, he didn't say uh, expletives, and he didn't talk about what was the biggest blank city in the U.S. <laughs> but that is remarkable. That is remarkable. Is. That's a long question. Yes, yes it was, Alice. It was a long <laughs> All right, here we go. This is. <laughs> you okay? Are you okay? So you do think it was a long question, <laughs> Alice? You let Alice is now uh, unable to speak for a moment. We <laughs> she's telling me to go on and stop talking. <laughs> we are not high. At least I'm not high. Anyway, all right. So here's uh, Eva. <laughs> Get your hands away from your mouth, Alice. Laugh. People want to hear your laugh. So here's Eva Longoria's uh, response to Ari Melber's question. His 35-second question, which, which time I assumed at some point by like the 10th or 15th, 22nd second, she was probably looking around saying, um, is this still my segment or do you guys need me? Because I can I can just – it seems like Ari is now on a monologue. But here's <laughs> – we got to get video. You know what? We're going to get video, Alice, because we got to get you – Able to contain yourself over there, <laughs> Alice. I'd like to have you on mic, please. I'd like to ask you a question. I'll make it thirty-five seconds if you don't mind. Can you? Why are you doing that? Will you talk? Oh jeez. Why been... don't you uh, roll tape, sir? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll roll tape. All right. Here we go. I'm gonna roll tape now. Everybody ready? Yeah, I think I think you bring up a good point. I mean, I think, uh, you know, can't notice she says that. Yeah, I think you bring up a good point, Ari, in that incredible tsunami of words that just came up and gobbled up half the segment. I think you bring up a good point. Uh, Nobody, none of the trained professionals around me or in modern media will ever know what that point was. But I'm going to speak to some of the things you said. Yeah, I think I think you bring up a good point. I mean, I think. Uh, you know, campaign financing needs to be looked at. I think the way in which we campaign, there were so many false ads. In Did he even mention that? I don't even know. No. Florida in Spanish. Spanish wasn't regulated the same as in English. And so uh, I do think we need to take a look at that. Hey, guys, make sure you regulate regulate the hell out of the Spanish. <laughs> we especially can't have them getting the truth. Again, our, our work is just beginning. But I want to talk about what you just said about the women. Right. Okay. So now Eva goes on her uh, her rant. This is uh, this is the meat of what she was talking about. This is what Alice, you were setting us up for. This is what you right. called for. This is for what I thought we minutes, were going to be doing six today. minutes ago. The women of color showed up in big ways. Of course, you saw yeah. uh, in Georgia what what uh, uh, black women have done, but the Latina women were the real. Well, okay. So first of all, what the frig just happened there? <laughs> 
What if, first you saw in Georgia what black women have done, but the Latina, <laughs> Jesus. Eva, I know that Eva Longoria is a Latina herself. Yes. And I know that Spanish is a language that many people in this country speak. But it's someday it may be the majority spoken language. Mm-hmm. I don't really care. That's fine. But holy God, she turned a corner, pivoted really quickly <laughs> to speaking Spanish during an American talk show. But it's fine. It's a one-off. It's fine. Heroines here, beating men yeah. in turnout in every state and voting for Biden-Harris at an average rate close to three to one. And and that wasn't surprising to us. You know, Latinos are the CEOs well, of the households. They make all the financial decisions and help. Biden doesn't get special treatment. That's an Irish name, right? Uh-huh. You know, Biden, that, that doesn't happen. You know, I don't know what Harris's name is, but, but you know, it's only that one word. We suddenly we veer off and rocket ship. Latina is an English word. Latina, yeah. Yes, it's Latina. Yes. That's right. It's Latina. That's fine. It, that's how it's written. That's how we. That's our accent here in the United States as well. That's fine. You can mm-hmm. say Latina. You can say Paraguay. That's also a word. It's a proper noun, but it's a word that works in mm-hmm. in you know in yeah. English. You can say Paris instead uh, of Paris. Right. Exactly. When those are proper nouns, so that's that's fine. I don't know. If yeah. A Latina is not a proper noun. Yes, right? it is. Is it? Yes. You no. capitalize it. You capitalize you? black now too. I mean, like, well, why wouldn't you capitalize Latina? Okay. Healthcare decisions and educational decisions. Many Latinas are small business owners and they wanted a plan for recovery. Don't you feel like a jerk? And I understand that that everybody on the left does this. Everybody on the left has this thing where they have to absolutely. And this is going to be in the Biden administration. This is going to be fun to watch because there's going to be a sign language guy with Biden. I know it's going to happen. And there's going to be an overly performative sign language, melodramatic man or woman just going left and bobbing all over the place and doing the sign language thing when Biden is president. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. I have no problem with that. I understand. Apparently, the sign language lobby is freaking powerful because (laughs) that's fine. But this idea, it's 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 just this like nod, this this nod that yes, I'm a progressive too. That's why I speak like this. You know, somebody who's from the north uh, east of Massachusetts forever, except when it comes to uh, Latinas. In which case, I just go and veer off just to show. Those are my bona fides, so you know. I care that it makes no sense. It's an English word. Just say the English word. It's fine. It's fine, guys. You don't have to be con yourselves all the time just out of some servitude to the spirit of of the uh of of what you're trying to say. It's like I we get it. It's okay. It's okay. Um for themselves, not for Wall Street. And so Trump's policies were never aimed at the struggling Latina community. And you know, if you look at voter suppression on top of that. How Latinas showed oh, up, Jesus. even through, through the closing of polling places and the shutting down mm. of drop-off sites and new voter ID laws and long lines and driving 30 miles and, and all of that. And on top of that, restrictions and safety protocols of a, of a pandemic. That spirit and perseverance that, that Latinas use in their daily lives, the struggle to pay their bills and the struggle to show up to their jobs and homeschool their kids and take care of their elders, that's the same perseverance and spirit they use to show up at the polls. Mm-hmm. I just some I don't it's an English word. You don't have to do that. You can just use the English word. It's fine. Latina, Latino. It's fine. Chicano. It's fine. It it's okay. It doesn't matter. It doesn't I, I don't get it because you wouldn't do that. I mean, would you do that with a Chinese word? Would you do that with a Japanese word? Uh no. I mean with an American word for something Japanese. No. I mean, would you if you're saying No, you would not pronounce like wonton in a 
in a extreme or, yeah, you, accent. You will find yourself unemployed <laughs> uh, in, yes, in, in Brennan. Well, right. I mean, I think the Latina thing is almost there. I mean, if I said Latina that way on air, I think I would be in trouble, would I not? Uh, yes, I would think so. So I just say Latina, but I guess she gets a pass because she's Latina. Although Obama also did that, and he's not. Everybody Latina. on the left says this, does this stuff, all, all of this stuff, and it's almost it's like this troll, <laughs> and they want you to say, "Why are you saying that? <laughs> Why are you saying that? You're my friend." Oh, Chad. that's how it's pronounced. You're my friend Chad from Woburn. We we've known each other forever. You've never had a Spanish accent before in your <laughs> life. But the Latina women were the real heroines here. The Latinos are the CEOs of the households. They make all the financial decisions and healthcare decisions and educational decisions. Many Latinas are small business owners. Trump's policies were never aimed at the struggling Latina community. How Latinas showed up, that Jeez. spirit and perseverance that, that Latinas use in their daily lives. <laughs> all right. So, I mean, that's my problem with it. Uh, but there is, if you listen to what she said, she's in trouble. Um, and why is she in trouble? Um, she erased black women. And I'm going to play the erasure right here. Erasure. The women of color showed up in big ways. Of course, you saw uh, in Georgia what what uh, uh, black women have done, but the Latina women were the real heroines here. Beat- Ooh. Uh oh. All right. Well, obviously that got her in, in um in deep trouble. Trouble. El trouble. Is that French? So I, um, you know, I brought up this audio clip to you yesterday and you were kind of like, you shrugged, like, what's the big deal about it? Mm-hmm. Pretty much. And, uh, you know, it, it doesn't on its face seem like a huge deal. But today she has issued a very heartfelt apology for the erasure of black women. She has realized as do you she have was, the apology. Yes, I do. I'm going to read it in a moment. Hang on. Oh, she has realized what she has been, um, it had explained to her that uh, black women voted 90% for Biden and Latina women only voted 70% oh. for Biden. Oh, so the Latinas so, actually let us down. Oh, yeah. Big time. Ooh. They let us down big time. Voting 70% for Biden. Uh, three to one numbers is not what they're looking for. They're looking for nine to one numbers, uh, by the way. So, Uh-oh. Um, yeah, the Latinas were – they were part of the, the newly white Hispanic coalition, uh, and they were not – good for Biden in the election. He needed much better numbers in Hispanic uh, communities to pull Florida to his side. So, uh, yeah, she she didn't realize, she didn't get the memo that Latinos and Latinas are not uh, part of the People of Color Coalition anymore. So, um, yeah, so- Eva, before you go tossing around Latina get uh check yourself because uh yeah, you have privilege it was not latinas who did this it was black women who did this and here's her uh, apology here that she issued on instagram today about my msnbc interview black women have long been the backbone of the democratic party something we have seen played out in this election as well as previous ones black women absolutely should be applauded and lifted up they brought this victory home in a big way i was comparing i was <clears throat> Comparing Latinas to Latino men, not black women. I meant Latinas. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> Is she slamming the Latino men now? Yeah, they only voted 60% for oh, Biden. Oh, man. So they're really in trouble. Um, I, so she was comparing Latinas to Latino men, not black women. I meant Latinas were the ones who I don't showed know. up. No, it sounds like a, com- a comparison to black women. The women 
of color showed up in big ways. Of course, you saw uh, in Georgia what what uh, uh, black women have done, but Latina women were the real heroines here. Oh, I don't know, man. I don't think get out from under that one. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily a comparison to Latino men necessarily. But also, a a, a, a lot of um, white uh, men left Trump, right? Didn't his numbers of white men, uh, didn't he lose some more whites? But he, Trump gained Latinos. Yeah, but Trump he, gained a lot with Latinos. Uh, how do white people say white? White? Yeah, but there's got to be a way to perform it better so that I'm more correct. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I, I'm not done here with her apology. She was trying to compare Latinas to Latino men, not black women. I meant Latinas were the ones who showed up for our Latinx community. Well, now, what is that exactly? Latinx is if you can't say Latina or Latino. The, the, wait, why can't you say? Because like Latino is male and Latina is female. So like if you're talking in general, then you say Latinx according to white liberals, not Latino people who do not like the term latinx oh i see so latino would be sexist for to use for both genders right so you say latinx because that really it takes into account the intersections of gender and uh latinx yeah you can say it that way too i've heard people say how do you say x in spanish uh i think it's pronounced like an h actually but i don't really know i don't i'm not a spanish speaker you know what we'll reach out to some spanish speakers how do you say x in english but with a spanish accent how do you say x after Latin, because I always assumed just from what the word looks like before I heard anybody say it, that it was Latinx. <laughs> right. I'd assume I'd also that that is an academic construct by some uh, uh, Americano or American. I don't know. Um. So, yeah. So the Latinx community. Um. Finally, black women don't have to do it alone. Latina women and other women of color are standing with them and growing their voice in power. Together, we are unstoppable. Black women turned out 90% for Biden. I, as a Latina... Well, as- this, uh, who's all this together we stuff, uh, mm. Eva? No, so, no, no. But she's going to explain what she means here. Black women turned out 90% for Biden. I, as a Latina, aspire to be as engaged oh, and effective as they are. Oh, we talk, so about black P- women- we talk about PR flax and how shameless they are and soulless. They are good for this stuff to do major uh, surgical operation on a statement. That is, <laughs> oh, that is wonderful. What I meant is I was honoring Latina. No, no, I mean, sorry, I was Latining, lo, honoring women of color. I don't know what, uh, I don't know, but she was honoring them. That she is, aspires to be as good as black women. Man, that is excellent. Latina. <sighs> All right. So look uh, who else is in trouble. So Eva Longoria is in trouble today, and or was in trouble today. I assume that she'll get, she'll get out of it. And um, now you are in trouble. Just so in case you're somebody who did vote for Donald Trump, you are in trouble. Uh, the administra- everybody in the administration is in trouble. They're going to be singled out. They're going to be um, criticized. They're going to be uh, attacked. They're going to be cast out of great uh, out of uh, polite society. Because they have to be, because they're bad human beings. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Wait a second. This is The View. This is Whoopi, Whoopi Goldberg. She just, she's about to intro Sonny Hostin, um, who is going to yell at you. And I just caught something there. You tell me, <laughs> hold on. 
Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Ocasio what? <laughs> Ocasio what? Whoopi? Jesus Christ. You've got to be kidding me that you... How this must be so difficult having to get through the day to make sure that you tailor make, a, you know, you know, feed every fish of progressivism and wokeness in every sentence you say. Oh my God, Cortez, Ugh. Latina, Cortez, Latina, Cortez, <sighs> Cortez. Just say Cortez, Whoopi. Nobody dies if you just say Cortez. She's fine, okay? Ah, oh, Jesus. Where were we? Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez doesn't want people to forget the people who continue to enable you-know-who. In a tweet asking, is anyone archiving the you-know-who sycophants when they try to downplay or deny their complicity in the future? Do you foresee a decent probability of many deleted writings and tweets and photos in the future? Is she trying to make sure they are held accountable or is she sort of advocating cancel culture? You know, I think that... Hey, what do you mean held accountable? Held accountable. Post-presidency held accountable for, for the policies of the president? That starts now? Just now? Trump um, tear-gassed peaceful protesters <laughs> for a photo op. Um, I think that Trump ripped children from their... Parents, I think that Trump called NFL players sons of bitches. They cleared violent protesters in other ne'er do wells out of the uh, out of the the federal property next to the White House. Now, maybe they didn't need to, but maybe they shouldn't allow wanton destruction that the media celebrates constantly for a photo op. Yeah, everything a president does out of the White House is a photo op. Jeez, they can you imagine that? They tear gas. I don't know what it was, tear gas, whatever. They use tear gas. They use this stuff that hurts in the eyes so that they don't so that people disperse, so they don't have to use other stuff. When people are out there destroying property, throwing bottles at cops, that's not okay. Throwing bottles at at, 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 at the federal uh law enforcement, that's not okay. They use tear gas on us. Yeah, that's right, because they don't want to use anything more on you. Because the night before you had burned, tried to burn down the freaking church, you tried to destroy every freaking city in this country. They used tear gas on us. That's right, because they're going easy on you. I think that uh, for exercising their First Amendment rights, um, and I think those people mm -hmm. in his administration um, that not only... Exercising their First Amendment rights, is that as incredible? Incredible. ...drafted some of those policies, uh, but were complicit in, in those policies, shouldn't be forgotten. People like Kirsten Nielsen, people like Stephen Miller, people like Kellyanne Conway, people like uh, Vice President Pence, who uh, was woefully inadequate at, at his role of being the head of the coronavirus task force, and people like Ben Carson. So wait, so what happens to Pence? Pence has to go to jail too? And Ben Carson, who now has COVID? So wait, I mean the coronavirus is not coming back again. I don't understand. We did everything we were supposed to. Trump, remember, you made him give in and he finally started wearing a mask and now he... And it's coming back again. Uh, and Betsy DeVos. Um, I, I don't think that those people should uh, be able to profit from their experience uh, within the Trump administration. No, only people who agree with me and my ideology should be able to profit after they go into the White House. And even after their incredibly, incredibly negative 
uh, repercussions for some of the decisions they have made. Administration, And I don't think that they should be forgotten. And I don't think that we should look the other way. I think we need to remember, because if you don't remember things, then past becomes prologue. And um, I do think mm-hmm. that people need to be held accountable for their actions. And um, I don't think it is yeah. reminiscent of McCarthyism. No, because all. McCarthy is a bad person and we're really good people. Well, that's fine, Sonny Hostin. I think that's fine. And I think that we should go back a little bit and talk about the people who built those cages. And those people, the people who built the cages for the kids, those people should be held accountable. They should not be able to make any money, including Barack Obama, who's uh, getting paid a bleep load by Netflix and who's getting great book deals, and Michelle Obama for being complicit in it. And his vice president, who I believe is coming to new prominence right now, is he was uh, there for building kids in cages. Bombing the crap out of Libya as well, and lying about those people. Remember the the photo ops. Well, what about the people who uh, who abandoned the people in Benghazi at the CIA annex? You know, while guys they were begging for help. No, nothing. We can't do that. Nobody can reach you. We we can't get there in time. Can't get there. How do you know when it's going to end? How do you know if you can get here in time? Well, we just can't. Oh, sorry, we're not. It's an election year. Sorry about that. Bye bye. Like, don't give me this crap. This is a, a game that can be played by anybody in any administration. Pull this. Uh, but that's fine. You know, as long as Whoopi did her part. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. This whole idea of the lists and stuff is pathetic. And it's it's either it's either ignorance or it's manipulation or it's, it's a combination of the two. But if people think that for policies that there should be some kind of punitive uh, you know, tribunal set up by Rick Wilson or whoever else it is, uh, presidential policies, well, then there aren't going to be too many uh, politicians, including the ones you love, um, Sonny Hostin and Whoopi Goldberg. Um, there aren't going to be – and uh, uh, um, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. There aren't going to be too many left on your side either, Okay. This is dumb. Dumb, da, dum 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 Latina. I mean, to his credit, Jake Tapper called this out, by the way, also. Um, he said, you know, this isn't this goes against what Biden has been saying we need to do with the unity and the healing the division and um, you know, saying that anybody who ever worked for Trump should be blacklisted, which is literally right. what they're doing right now um that that goes against the biden calls for unity and then you know you see in his comments a bunch of people including a bunch of blue checks saying no we need to not enable people who enabled the fascist regime and etc etc and uh jake tapper rightly points out that there's like over four thousand people who are trump political appointees alone not including all the people who just worked for the administration because they work in government you know so that's a big list of Americans, mm-hmm. and I mean, I I don't always when like I'm, what Jake Tapper does, but I give him credit because he does call out the dumps for stuff like this. This is not where they should be, right. even from I, a politically smart sense. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, for several reasons. And I actually, by the way, anybody involved with, I guess including John Kerry, anybody involved with handing Iran cash so they can use it for terror which John Kerry has admitted to, so they can use it for terror attacks. Those bodies then are in your hands, Obama administration. Sorry, those are the rules. I don't make them up. Obama administration, who took its foot off the gas 
when uh, in in to bolted from Iraq in at in because we couldn't get a status for forces agreement according to him. Use that as an excuse. Anybody involved in that, of course, has to also go to jail. And you know, then you've got ISIS rising up, and ISIS goes and tears across and builds a new caliphate and tears across, you know, many countries, killing and enslaving and raping and murdering, pillaging and burning alive many, many people. That was the Obama people. Remember, they're the JV team. That was your people. There you go. There you go. Well, I assume there should be some kind of punitive reckoning for that. Let's do it, Sonny Hostin. Those people shouldn't be allowed to make money, right? All right. Let's, uh, you know what? That's, I'm going to leave that because I'm not going to get mad. I'm not going to let these people make me mad. I'm going to listen to a couple of cuts here, Alice, by people who... Oh, well, oh, you should read the Rick Wilson thing. Rick Wilson is... Um, you don't have... I know you don't have it, but, but, uh, but Rick Wilson is now going after the, Trump's law firm. Right. Um... He's a Lincoln Project guy, Ellis, from Die Hard, who's about to get whacked. Right. So, um, so the Lincoln Project is, uh, you know... They're looking for some reason to continue to exist so the left doesn't kill them. So their uh, latest bugaboo is that they're worried about um, Trump daring to challenge election irregularities anywhere. Um, And they're very upset about this, that any lawyer would have taken such a case. So their proposal is that they're trying to run ads to encourage people to boycott uh, the law firms that are taking these cases and any clients who continue to hire those law firms. <laughs> so now we're like, how many degrees of separation? Like three degrees. So like you're supposed to boycott the company that uses the law firm that took Trump's case to challenge the election irregularities. Okay. I mean, like we're a few layers deep now, but this uh, has made a lot of people rightfully uncomfortable because um, in general, lawyers are not not their clients, you know, like lawyers defend their clients and turn their clients arguments Mm -hmm. into legal arguments. Um, but they're not, you, you can't like morally equate a lawyer who works for somebody with the person themselves, you know, like, right. And this is the Lincoln project just desperately trying to deputize themselves in this movement here saying, wait, no, no, no guys. We're still as desperate as it used to be because team Trump is working with evil lawyers in this cabal to try to even do more malevolent uh, activity. So we're leading the charge to snuff them out. So you can't kill us right now. In fact, you have to keep paying us right now. It is a desperate, mm-hmm. desperate thing. And it is uh, it is not going to work. And they yeah. are, I don't know. I don't love, I mean, I haven't relished in the death of too many people. There's a couple, I I, I probably shouldn't mention. But, um, but, um, there are a couple child stars who were about my age who who checked out early. Who it was it was very petty. Who when I was back in my twenties and maybe thirties uh, probably shouldn't have been so pleased. But mm-hmm. anyway, um, you, do you have something to say? Or should I move on? Uh, well, I was just gonna say like it's interesting to see like on Twitter when you're looking at these things about the Lincoln Project hiring these lawyers. Um, or trying to get people to boycott these lawyers, rather, uh, that in the comment section, there are a number of people saying, like, yes, we need to get rid of everyone who's supported this fascism and who's trying to mess with American (laughs) democracy. And, like, there's even one where somebody's like, you know, like, my girlfriend works for this law firm. It's just the law firm taking the case. Like, it's not... And then then people are like, is she not ashamed of working for such a law firm? If not, why not? Like Giving a bad name to lawyers everywhere. It's very, like, I mean, it... 
We have to go and crush the fascists, beat them in the streets, you know, stop their ability to communicate freely, make sure, oppress them, and shut them up and brutalize the fascists. We must do that because we're good people. We're absolutely not fascists ourselves. Absolutely not. Because, no, we're not McCarthy. No, I we're, mean, we're I'm a good person. So we I say Latina, so I'm a good person. So we talked to Rod Dreyer yesterday, and I think you and I think some other people, too, sometimes get a little skeptical of Rod that he's a little too alarmist uh, sometimes. That's certainly like the reputation he has. But um, when I see stuff like this, I almost think he's like not alarmist enough. Like we're, he, he doesn't think we're as far gone as we are. If we're talking about punishing lawyers who work for law firms who take cases for I mean, lawyers defend all kinds of bad people. Law firms defend all kinds of bad people. If you're yes. going to start to get upset about that, there's not going to be a law firm left in America, which I right. know nobody likes lawyers, blah, 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 blah. But like, I, I don't think that would be like a great situation for the world. I right. don't know. In any litigious situation, there's at least one bad party, probably usually two, <laughs> involved. Right. So, uh, yeah, I just I don't think this is a great road to go down of the guilt by association of all these things. And it's it. I know that all my friends on the left are very concerned about how Trump's behaving about the election. I think it's going to be fine. I think a lot of these lawsuits are going to go nowhere. I'd like to see the legal process all play out. You know, I want them to investigate any fraud they can. We'll see what happens. I doubt mm-hmm. very, very much it's going to put Trump in the White House. But um, No, it's not going to. But, um, you know, the, go for it. That's why we have a judicial system. And, you know, I think that we'll get the results we get. But then trying to go after the lawyers about it. I know you're worried about what Trump's doing, but don't go after the law firms who took the cases. Exactly. That's because that makes exactly. me worried too. It's, and it took Gore thirty-eight days to to finally throw in the towel. And you know, by the way, it's not it's the left who said for more than two years that the election was fraudulent. That Cambridge Analytica handed it to Donald Trump in Facebook ads, and Hillary Clinton said never surrender, Joe Biden. You know all this crap. So don't just just. I have no time for it. I have no time for the for the for the BS, uh, you know, over the top melodrama about how something is crazy that's happening right now. Trump doesn't get to hold on to power. I know he's an authoritarian and he's a fascist and he's a Hitler, but he doesn't get to hold on to power. He can call himself president all he wants for as long as he wants. On January twentieth, <laughs> Joe Biden's going to get sworn in as president. And Donald Trump doesn't get to use the plane anymore or doesn't get the business card or the nuclear football. doesn't matter. But uh, as far as election uh, tampering, they're asked uh, – Mitch McConnell was asked by a reporter today if he thought there was election tampering in his own election. Was there any fraud in your Senate race or any Senate race that you know of? Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, if- the risk of bragging, it wasn't very close. <laughs> that is the dark Sith Lord, Mitch McConnell, with a very good line there. You will hear more about him. He also will have to be, and his staff, of course, will have to go to the gulag. Mike Pompeo, not assuaging fears about the uh, election trans, but good lines. All these guys. I know, everybody's so funny. Currently preparing to engage with the Biden transition team, and if not, at what point does a delay hamper a smooth transition or pose a risk to national security? There will be a smooth transition to a second Trump administration. How fantastic. What a line. <laughs> what a line. He goes on to um, to to bring the anxiety, bring the temperature in the room down. The, the world is watching what's taking place. We're going to count all the votes. When the process is complete, there'll be electors selected. There's a process. The Constitution lays it out pretty clearly. 
the world should have every confidence that the transition necessary to make sure that the State Department is functional today, successful today, and successful with the president who's in office on January 20th, a minute afternoon, will also be successful. So there you go. And, Alice, I don't know if we can call him president-elect yet because uh, – because the states haven't certified it, but I feel like he is president-elect. Joe Biden had okay. a bit of a presser today. He had a Ooh. he had a um, he gave a talk on on healthcare, and and this is this is the team Biden the the incoming administration. I mean, all they're doing is contrasting it against Trump, and it's very it's well done. I mean, that's exactly what they should be doing. So if you're mm-hmm. somebody who's upset about Trump, you're looking at Biden now and saying, "Yeah, he's boring," but he's, I guess he's doing the right things, and he's not going to tweet about call anybody a horse face on Twitter. <laughs> pro- but but anyway, it's already happened. What I love about this is is the media now. This strong media that want damn it, they, it's about uh, an apple is an apple. Uh, democracy dies in darkness, and you know it's about. Speaking truth to power, and you know, and that's all that matters. It's tough journalism advocating for the people. Here's some of the tough journalism today. During the campaign, you said you were not naive about how difficult it would be to unite the country. It's now three days after you were projected as the president elect. The president himself says he has won this election, his own administration has not moved forward to give you access to what you need to do to begin the work of your transition. This guy, by the way, he's approaching the record of Ari Melber for the longest question <laughs> in the world. In other words, Trump is so bad and you're so good, but Trump is even – I'm personally upset, uh, Mr. Biden, president-elect, because Trump says that he's not going to step down and he's going to keep counting and he's going to keep doing this. And please, and so please tell me. I love you, sir. I love you, sir. Just tell me what a jerk he is. Just a few minutes ago, the Secretary of State, when asked if he would... It's still happening, this question. This is Tom Shattuck length questions, and I do not accept it. ...cooperate with a smooth transition. He said there will be a smooth transition to a second Trump administration. I wonder if you have a message for the president who may well be watching... Do you have a message for the president? This is his question. <laughs> Sir, do you have a message for the jerk over there? That's his question? A message? If Biden has a message for the president, he can do that at any time. Right. Right now, we would like like members of the media, I say, to maybe ask Biden tough questions, real questions that might glean some answers that people need to know. But no, no, no. Do you have a message for bad Trump right now? And how do you expect to be able to work with Republicans when so many have thus far refused to even acknowledge your victory? <laughs> and sir, I mean, you're about to be cast into a pit of wolves, and technically they're (laughs) human beings, but if you listen to Sonny Hostin, you'll know, sir, that they're conspirators and lowlifes and Nazis and Cretans and orcs, and they're the worst things in the world. How are you going to... I mean, we worry about you, sir. How are you going to handle that? God, sir. You warned during the campaign that as the walls closed in on the president, he would behave more erratically. Yesterday, he fired his defense secretary on Twitter. Are you worried that he's disabling the government? And... What are you saying to the world leaders who are calling you at this point? And sir, why does he suck so much? What options are you considering? How will you uh, move ahead if the president continues to refuse to concede? Do you plan a campaign in Georgia before your inauguration to help Democrats in the two runoff races there as they try to flip the Senate? Because you're awesome, And uh, how important is a Democratic-held Senate to your agenda? So what do you say to the Americans that are anxious over the fact that President Trump has yet to concede and what that might mean for the country? And just to follow up on a previous question, how do you expect to work with Republicans if they won't even acknowledge you as president-elect? Ah, imagine that. 
Sir, we love you. Just let us know. I mean, how much of an a-hole is Trump, sir? Just let us know. How unprecedented are the ugly things he's saying? How ugly are the ugly things he's saying? I mean, we all know that they're extremely ugly, but how ugly are they? In your opinion, sir, what would, what would you say to him about his ugliness and how much he sucks, sir? Well, I'm willing to answer a question about my first 100. No, sir, sir, sir. How much does Trump suck, please, sir? I'm sorry this had to happen to you, sir. Jesus. Love is all around, Joe Biden. It's nice to see everybody's temperature is down. Nobody stood up and yelled at him. There's no Jim Acosta moment. There's no Yamiche Elsendor. You know? It's all placid. We'll never upset you, sir. We're here to service you. What are they going to say, love is all around you? All right, is it night now? The Shrugs? Now I gave you all the time in the world. <clears throat> Alice, here's a generational question for you. So the Trogs mm-hmm. are a band before my time, believe it or not. Okay. You're younger than me. Mm-hmm. That song is a very pretty song. You heard the version of it on Love Actually. Right. Which I would never love as a movie because I'm too much of a man to love that <clears throat> movie mm-hmm. or Hugh Grant. But um, go ahead. What are you going to say, Alice? <laughs> Fun fact, Tom and I each brought our own copy of the Love Actually DVD to our marriage. So that was- I was just kidding about mine, <laughs> by the way. But um, so, Alice, that is the Trogs who sing the original song. Did mm-hmm. you know that? I did not. Do you know what other song they sing, the Trogs sing? Hmm. It's a very, it's a <clears throat> contrast because the other song is really, for its day, a very hard rocking song. Those of you listening as well, Anybody probably over 40, you may know. Hmm. Not everybody. I don't know. I'm sorry. Guess. I can't hard rockin' song from like 1966. A hard rockin' song yes. from 1966. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I got nothing that I don't know who sings it already. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Imagine that. You make my heart sing. Yeah. You make everything groovy. Wild thing. Dun, 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 dun. Wild thing, I think I love you. This is the media talking to Joe Biden. For sure. Joey, you make my heart sing. Yes. So that's the drugs. So, yeah, we have a little toy guitar up in our uh, playroom that plays Wild Thing. Actually. Right. That's right. <laughs> Me too. The one that looks like a dog, right? No, it doesn't one? look. That's the other one. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. So, so you know, so I was thinking about that and the um, the Biden presser and just all the love that was given to him. And, sir, how much of a jerk is Trump was everything? So, and it got me to thinking, like, how many times do you – in history, do you really see a really a semi-erotic tongue bath by the press to a um, to a president? And certainly, the Obama administration is unparalleled, unparalleled. The love they got. So that brought me, of course, to the Obama's first 100 days, and when Jeff Zeleny 
asked the president in his first 100 days. This is uh, 2009. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot to talk about, I would say. The economic disaster, this, that, et cetera. But no, 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 no. During these first 100 days, what has surprised you the most about this office, enchanted you the most about serving in this office, humbled you the most, and troubled you the most? Now, let me write this down. <laughs> Hear them laughing? <laughs> well said, right, surprised. I've got, uh, Troubled. I've got, uh, what, what was the first one? Surprised. Surprised. Troubled. Troubled. Enchanted. Enchanted, nice. And humbled. And what was the last one? Humbled? Uh, humbled. Thank you, sir. All right. We've had our kids christened in a church full of loved ones and family, and there was not as much love as there was in that room right there with Zelenie and Obama. Humbled, humbled. And they're so happy when he, Obama speaks back to them. It was like Elvis, you know, throwing a guitar pick at a, at a fawning... Uh, you know, a uh, 22-year-old woman <clears throat> in the early days, oh, my God, yes, sir, yes, sir. Fawning. I mean, uh, you know, uh, enchanted. And uh, it, Oh, and they love it so much. They love it so much. So anyway, I, so I watched this Zelenie thing because I, I just remember seeing it live back when it happened. But at one point, um, a, a couple of, a, a little bit later, Bob Schieffer, who was then at NBC News, I think, Bob Schieffer, part of the mainstream media, part of a big, uh, or CBS maybe, uh, you know, a legacy media guy who's been doing media forever, has been a good democratic um, liberal media guy forever. He actually talked to Jeff Zeleny after that and asked him about that, that question. And I thought, wow, Bob Schieffer's going to school this kid on what he asked the president. This is what Bob Schieffer said. Jeff, I must say it was a great question. But I must also say he hit it out of the ballpark. Not only out of the ballpark, <laughs> but over the fence and over the house behind the fence. And way behind that house, as a matter of fact. Now out into the stratosphere, then in the atmosphere. And it actually went through and went past Pluto. It was the best hit I've ever seen in the world. <laughs> Jeff, it was a great question. Enchanted. How enchanted are you? I mean, thank God. That's what we need to know. That's why the White House press corps is so important. He hit out of the park. And Jeff Zeleny, of course, is willing to sit there and take it. It's one of the reasons I asked it. If uh, Yes, thank you. You're right, Bob. It's one of the reasons I asked it. Anyone who's ever interviewed him, as you know, he's a thoughtful guy. He's, uh, he's reflective. He likes mm. to reflect. He likes to um, sort of think in real time as he's going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he's just awesome, too. And his pecs, and uh, as a matter of fact, he's the most handsome man I've ever seen in the world. And I think he's great, uh, Bob, as a matter of fact. So, he's so reflective. My God, I've asked this man a question, and he's reflecting right there before me. How wonderful. Jeff Zeleny has left the New York Times now and is is uh, essentially the head honcho for political reporting for CNN, just so you know who's there. But so this got me down this weird Zeleny rabbit hole where I bumped into this um, a an interview with Matt Viser, who's another guy, and another woman, I remember, another White House reporter with Jeff Zeleny. From two years later, from like 2011 or 10, and there had been a shakeup at the White House. So you'll hear what the shakeup was, but listen to this. This is so Obama administration had a shakeup a couple of years after they started because they got wiped out in the 2012 race, right? No, no, the 2010 race. Okay. And um, John Boehner won Congress, uh -huh. and they, they, they got shellacked. That's what Obama's word for it was. And around the country as well. It was a huge year for Republicans. So, so there's a shakeup at the White House. Now, remember, all of the palace intrigue when something happens with the Trump White House, 
when somebody leaves and, you know, and Rex Tillerson is leaving or this person's coming in or, or Sean Spicer's leaving, whatever. Remember, it's all part of the chaos. They're leaving. My God, they can't keep track of people. They're changing. Another person just left. Listen, this is reporting from Jeff Zeleny and the other White House people talking in 2010 about some changes. Joining us today is Jeff Zelny from the New York Times, who has some fantastic breaking news out of the White House, where it's also going to be a new day. Fantastic news out of the White House. It's going to be a new day. There's been a big change. <laughs> Jeff, why don't you t talk to us a little bit about the fact that Robert Gibbs stepping down as White House yeah. press secretary, what this means, and who's going to replace him? What? <laughs> Wait a second. Gibbs, you probably remember him not being portrayed by anybody on SNL. But there's fantastic news from the White House. Some turnover, some healthy turnover. Tell us about it, Jeff. What it means is that uh, he's the most visible person in the White House. He's at the briefings every day. He's really has become sort of a household, at least face, if you will, if not a name. And I think it means that there is a, you know, more of a restructuring going on there if you know than we want. It's a healthy restructuring happening. Hmm. You know, with the Trump, oh my God, people are leaving. There's no discord and the chaos. Nobody stays there. They hate him. They know he's cancer. Maybe he's anonymous. Who knows? It could be whistleblowers, whistleblowers. There's a, you know what? There's a restructuring going. It's fantastic news. It's fun to be there, to be a part of it, to be an eyewitness to this history. Thought if you put everyone together on a list who is coming and going, there are a lot of people changing offices. But whoa, whoa, whoa. If you put everybody in a list of who's coming and going, there's a lot of people changing offices. This is only two years after Obama started. But that's a very healthy thing. There's lots of people coming and going. With Trump, is it lots of people coming and going? Yes, there's lots of people coming. No, 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 no. Oh, my God. Got his walking papers. Trump fired him by Twitter. His by a guy was leaving. He can't stand it anymore. His conscience got to him. You know, it's like... It's the worst case scenario. With Obama, there's people coming and going. This is wonderful. It's like a promenade of different employment opportunities. At the end of the day, Robert Gibbs is still very much going to be in, in uh, Barack Obama's orbit. He's been with him. Don't worry. He'll be close. We need Gibbsy. He's not leaving us forever. From the very beginning, right. since April of 2004, he may be more helpful on the outside. Yeah. You know what? Don't worry. Don't sweat it. He can take pot shots at bad, evil Republicans in the private sector where he can do more cable. That's good. Everything is good. This president now is going to need a defender on television, defending against Republicans, explaining his... Can you imagine? This president, you know, guys, maybe you haven't heard of these Republicans, but they're really being vicious to this president. He needs a defender out there. He needs somebody to defend him out there. I mean, we do all we can to help him and prop him up. I've see, asked him how he gets enchanted by things, but he needs somebody in the outside. Now, defend him against what? Why would he need a defender? Yeah, that we're not going to talk about. Could it be that he's this recovery summer never happened? Could it be that they blew a lot of money, stimulus money? Could it be that, that gun running wasn't working out for them so good? Could it be that tracking down... And harassing Tea Party, uh, Tea Party organizations using the IRS, uh, maybe was uh, causing residual harm to the ministry. No, don't, we're not going to talk about why he needs a defender. That's journalism. He needs a defender because Republicans are bad and they hate him because, well, you know why they hate him. Policies, and that is what he's going to do. Uh, and you talked actually to the president himself this morning about this about this uh, this decision to, to change a little bit in terms of his team. And take a look at something he said. This is a great quote. We're not going to be dilly-dallying along when it comes to making sure that we're... This is a great quote, he says. We're not going to be dilly-dallying around. That's a great quote when he says that. Oh, dilly-dally, that's a great... I mean... What a wordsmith. That's wonderful from this president. I'm charmed. I'm enchanted by him using that. 
Trump? No, 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 no. Inarticulate, mean, spirited, vernacular, venomous. Executing on behalf of the American people. I do think the timing is interesting here. First real day back in Washington to make this announcement. We've got the chief of staff still out there too. We've also got economic posts that have to be filled. A lot of a lot of moving, but a sense from the White House. Trump left posts unfilled. The government, the executive branch, is limping law because there are posts unfilled. He doesn't care. He operates by dividing people. Yes, they want to move quickly. No question. I asked the president, I said, are these staff rollouts going to basically be, you know, consuming the whole month of January? And he said, no, we're not going to be dilly-dallying. So really... So he shut me down right then, and I didn't ask him any more questions about it because I don't want to create a climate you know, that has people in hysterics. I don't want to create a climate where anxieties are heightened at all because why would I want to do that? I'm here to make people feel good about this president. A few years from now, I'm happy to be somebody who creates a climate that makes half the country go hysterically insane. But not now. Now I'm here to make things good. We don't want to... I expect things to wrap up pretty quickly because the first matter at hand here is the State of the Union address, and they're working on that as we speak. So I look for a chief of staff announcement to be made, um, a decision to be made by the end of the week, an announcement maybe next week. But uh, the president would not go there when I asked him this morning... Uh, who his other personnel. Uh, he wouldn't go there. I wasn't going to press him. No way. I wasn't going to, you know, make him answer. It's not as if I'm the messenger, the advocate for the readership or the viewership. You know, you know he said it wasn't going to dilly-dally. That's good enough for me. That's fantastic. Um, uh, changes were going to be. But these personnel changes, there's not. it's not like we're seeing really, like, clearing of the decks here and a whole new team brought in, right? right? Well, what difference yeah. would it make to have somebody like Bill Daly in there? Right. It's not like we're seeing, I mean, it's not, I mean, there's a lot of people moving out and a lot of people coming in, but it's not, there's no reason to be excited about it. No reason to be worried, right? No, 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 no. Let's just go through the people, the possibilities and talk about wonderful personnel. Personnel. The subject of personnel is such a wonderful and a positive thing. People coming out, people going in, positive. No dilly-dallying. Wonderful. Enchanted. Everything is good. That was your media that was your media then. That's about to be your media again. You know, it's all about feeling good. Different things make people feel good. Latina. Yep, that makes me feel good. Cortez. That makes me feel good. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Happens to be a... Latina. I think. I'm not even sure actually who's what anymore. But here we go. Alice Shattuck, welcome back. Thank you so much. And hey, by the way, thanks everybody for all the great reviews and the five stars and that stuff. We love that. And it's really good for us. How do the people find us, Alice? Where do they go? Um, you can find us on Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod, on Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast, Burn Barrel Podcast at gmail.com. You can send us an email. You can also write reviews and ratings and that stuff. But yes, reach out to us on social media. We love you all. Nice hitting the post, Alice. Same we love all of you guys for joining us. Everybody is welcome. We love, we're a big tent here. Men, women, black, white, um, you know, Canadians, Latinas, whoever, <laughs> everybody, we really appreciate it. See you later. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.